Bridge Bank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to the risk takers, the game changers, and the disruptors. Bridge Bank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. Bridge Bank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. My kids discovered the Netflix animated show City of Ghosts as I was picking up the house, grateful they were too engrossed in something to immediately begin taking out the things that I was putting away. And I was struck by how different the show looked and sounded from other kids' shows. The tone was calm, documentary-like, and featured a group of inquisitive, racially and gender-diverse kids solving problems and learning about Los Angeles by talking to ghosts who knew the vibrant city in another time. We try to talk to every ghost we find and record their stories. And then we add them into our Ectopedia. Okay. Please tell us what your name is and a little bit about you. My name is Janet. I'm a Japanese American and my home is Boyle Heights. Why did you live here? So, Little Tokyo is where a lot of the Japanese people were back in the days. And there wasn't a lot of houses in Little Tokyo itself. It was mostly businesses. Um, and Boyle Heights is like, what, 10 minutes? If you really wanted to, you could walk there. And so a lot of people live in Boyle Heights. That was a clip from the new Netflix series, City of Ghosts. And I'm joined now by the creator and executive producer of the series, Elizabeth Ito. Welcome to Forum, Elizabeth Ito. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Just listening to that clip, the child who is part of the ghost club who goes around solving problems and interviewing ghosts has the most adorable voice. Can you just tell us who that is? Um, yeah, her name is August Nunez. Uh, and we, yeah, it was just sort of the, the regular process of trying to audition kids, but we were specifically looking for kids who um, like weren't professional actors. Um, and so I watched a few auditions of different uh, children and I felt like, I don't know, it was just something where, you know, it didn't have to do with, with much except an instinct of like, that That sounds like the kind of thing we're going for. <laughs> yeah, wow, such a, such a great voice. And you really didn't use professional voice actors or try not to throughout this whole thing. It was a deliberate thing. What, what made you want to do that? What did you feel like that would achieve? Um, I think the first thing is just that my taste kind of veers towards really naturalistic things. Um, when I was younger, I watched this short called Creature Comforts. Um, that was a big inspiration for work later on uh, when I started to animate and go to school for that. Um, 
And I think just in general for stuff, I, I've got a huge appreciation for the way regular people talk um, <laughs> and I'm really sensitive to it in, in other things, like even in, you know, dramatic scripted things. Um, one of my biggest things tends to be like, that doesn't sound like something somebody would say off the cuff or it just sounds too polished or too big yes. um, and sort of really wanting to lean into the other side of that, like, which I find entertaining. <laughs> and you also use ghosts as the storytellers, the, the historical witnesses, I would say. What inspired you to use ghosts? Um, it was a number of things. Uh, so like the first thing was I had been thinking about storytelling and new mediums like VR. And one of the things that I felt was like a lot of the stuff that I'd, uh, I guess, experienced, it, it makes you feel a little bit like you're a ghost in the back of everything because you're kind mm. of just observing and not necessarily interacting the way you would in real life. So there was that aspect to it. And then I think like um, there's just this feeling of, within this city and within many cities where things are disappearing and quickly changing um, as gentrification kind of takes over. Um, and I was really wanting to figure out a way to talk about those things that, that are disappearing or, you know, like just talk about them before they're gone and ghosts felt like a good avenue for that. <laughs> wow. Well, let me invite our listeners to join the conversation. We're talking about the new animated Netflix series, City of Ghosts, with the show's creator and executive producer, Elizabeth Ito, who's also an Emmy Award-winning animator. What are your questions for Elizabeth Ito about making the show? Or have your kids watched City of Ghosts? What's their reaction to it? What's your reaction to it? And as we were just talking about ghosts, if the ghosts of your city were to talk, what's an interesting bit of history that they might tell? You can call us at 866-733-6786. Again, 866-733-6786. You can get in touch on Twitter or Facebook at KQED Forum or email your questions to forum at kqed.org. The other thing that I was struck by in, in watching the series is that the images are CG animation over photos, right, of real places in Los Angeles? Uh-huh, that's correct. <laughs> it really adds to that that documentary feel. Was that also what you were trying to achieve, too, the, the realism of the, the voices by not having professional actors and just the realism of the, the setting? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I had started this this type of process with a short that I had done earlier called Welcome to My Life that was about my family and my brother. Um, but it was like a similar idea where I was looking for, like, how do you make something that's not really real, but really also kind of plays with people's um, view of what's real in a way. Uh, so like when I was trying to picture how I would do it, then it was like, you know, I, I did feel this sense of like, it would be really cool to use um, real photography or live action as the backdrop to things and put characters into that. So, you know, both audibly and visually, you're um, kind of drawing people into something and making them try, try to figure out like what's real or at least just kind of like um, lose themselves in, yes. in the idea that it's real. <laughs> Yes. My, I mentioned in the intro that my kids discovered City of Ghosts. Um, and uh, when I asked my daughter just last night as I was prepping for this, what is her favorite part of the show? She, she said the animation, like without hesitation. <laughs> um, and I just loved seeing 
real locations like Lamert Plaza Park, Bob Baker Marionette Theater. <laughs> it, was, it was really, really lovely. And I'd like to play a clip actually that takes place in a Koreatown Korean barbecue place. Um, and let, let me set this up a little bit. So it's a scene where the kids of the ghost club are actually looking for a missing ghost who speaks only Zapotec, <laughs> which is an indigenous language from Oaxaca. And this ghost also happens to love Korean barbecue. So a person in the neighborhood thinks they've heard this ghost at the Koreatown restaurant Sutbuljip. And so the kids head there with a native speaker of Zapotec to see if they can find the ghost in one of the barbecue vents. Hi, 어서 오세요. 안녕하세요. Could we sit back there? 네? 저 사람들 저기 앉으면 안 돼. 괜찮아요, 엄마. 저 공기 나오는 데 있지? 올라가는데 거기 뭔가 이상한 게 있어. 아, are you sure? Yeah. This is where you heard it? Yes. Whenever someone turns on the vent, he'll start whistling. It's, it's working. working! He said, Which means, um, very, very yummy beef. Come on, let's eat. He is really excited about barbecue. He just wants barbecue. Let's give him a barbecue. Such a great scene. You're you're combining a Oaxacan ghost, a Korean barbecue restaurant. You've got a real professor uh, of, um, of Zapotec, Professor Felipe Lopez in that. Do you want to say anything about that scene before I ask you more about it? Oh, I just, I, I really loved doing that episode, but it was definitely like one of the harder ones to figure out because like, um, like some of the other ones, there's a few others too, where it's like outside of my own life experience. <laughs> so it was really fun <laughs> to do. Yeah, I, I read that you weren't too familiar with Koreatown or <laughs> Zabatek necessarily. Um, yeah, I mean, I was familiar with Koreatown, but not that there were so many other communities within it. So I think that was the part that ah. I felt like I had a lot of learning to do. Like it was a big realization that even though it's called Koreatown, it doesn't mean like all the Korean people live there. <laughs> like it, there's so many other um, reasons that they call, you know, different locations by, by those names. <laughs> yes. I love that part of it so much because really it, I mean, Koreatown really is a mashup of so many different, races and ethnicities. And then also, I, I feel like for those who have the immigrant experience who live there, there is so much overlap as well. And so it really yeah. comes through in that whole episode. Um, well, Alexis writes, as the dad of a non-binary kid like Thomas, it is just the best, best show. The way you deal with history, the range of characters, the beauty of the animations, all of it is perfect. Now, Thomas is one of the four kid members of the Ghost Club. Can you just tell us a little bit about each of the members of the club and how you came to choose them, their backgrounds and so on? Because they, they weave together so nicely. Sure. Um, I mean, so we initially started with Zelda, who um, my thought for her was that she's she's the Ghost Club team captain in a way. And because like I wanted the first episode to happen in Boyle Heights and I wanted the, the captain of the team to, to like live there. Um, I mean, Boyle Heights is 
predominantly Latino, Latinx right now. So uh, I think I felt that it was important with each neighborhood in a similar way to sort of like reflect the differences that you see as you go through each neighborhood and sometimes they're really slight. Um, so yeah, and then with, with the Thomas character, it was, it was really just sort of like this organic choice because my mom was a teacher on the West side in Santa Monica. And I mean, from my point of view, it just felt like um, sometimes kids that grow up in maybe like the more affluent parts of the city uh, sometimes have a little bit more freedom to express who they are because their parents are a little bit more understanding. Like there's just sort of like a, a, a little bit more room for them to be who they are. At least that's what I noticed through the, the various classes of kids that she had. She was like a third grade teacher. So it was mostly like elementary school. Mm. Um, and then with the other kids, like I think, you know, Eva comes from Lamert Park and the, a really fascinating thing with Eva was how it, how she, uh, the voice of the character, her, her mom is actually one of the owners of Hot and Cool Cafe, which I don't think we even knew that <laughs> when, when all of that happened in the episode. So there are a lot of really interesting coincidences like that. Um, Peter, we had him, well, I think initially my idea was that his family owned a business in Koreatown. Um, and, and then, yeah, and then he was Asian because I, I sort of was like, well, you know, it's mostly Asians with businesses in Koreatown, so we'll, we'll have him be from there, and, uh. Though he's not yeah, Korean, then, right, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, that was, honestly, like, our crew made this, or I, I don't want to speak for everybody, but I made the same mistake, like, I, I first, for whatever reason, assumed that he was Korean. And then when we were recording that episode, I think we found out he wasn't from his dad. And we all felt really embarrassed because we made like <laughs> the, the cliche mistake. Um, and so I was just like, well, maybe we find a way to work that into the episode because it's not something, you know, foreign to me uh, as happening between Asians. Um <laughs> I feel like I'm forgetting other kids right now. No, no, but, I think oh. you I, you got them all, the the core ones anyway, uh, for I your mean, team. I mean, one last one I, I wanted to add was Jasper um, from the fourth episode about uh, the Tongba. Um, yes. He was a later addition, and I think this was like the thing that sort of was similar with the, with, you know, Thomas being non-binary. It was, it was just a, a, a choice where, you know, with Thomas, I just put it in there because I felt like this is who I think this character could be. Um, and Netflix didn't say no, like at all. <laughs> so I was just like, okay, that's easy. Um, I wasn't really expecting them to not say no, to be honest. But, uh, and then with Jasper, I, you know, we found out that Honor, the voice of the character, really had been asking his mom about doing um, voice acting like the week before we called him. And we were on the, the four, you know, we had finished the fourth episode. We had two more to go. And I just said, eventually, is there any reason why we can't make him like a regular fixture of the ghost club from this point on? Um, and I realized like I was the person making that decision. So I just was like, okay, well, let's, let's do it then. I, I would love to have him join the club. <laughs> 
This is um, really does feel like a very personal project. We're talking with Elizabeth Ito about her new animated Netflix series, City of Ghosts, and you are listening to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. Eric writes, this is such a cool show, amazing to listen to and watch. The story of the Japan, Jap, Japantown community in San Francisco, how black people moved into the places that Japanese people left when they were sent to concentration camps, how the Japanese people then returned and integrated with the black community there, how the Rosa Parks Elementary School has a Japanese bilingual bicultural program with black kids speaking Japanese. That would be a great subject for an episode. Eric's question is making me wonder, Elizabeth Ito, if there are plans to do other city of ghosts in other cities? Uh, currently, no. Um, I'm still sort of waiting to find out what's next with it. Um, but I, I personally would love that. Uh, I think, you know, when we started, that question was kind of raised as like, if you were to do more of this, you know, after this comes out, would it be going to other cities? Would it be more stuff in LA? Um, would it be other countries? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> it, would, it would be so, it would be so cool. And like, I mean, on a, in a selfish way, very enriching for my own life. So I, I really hope so. <laughs> well, you're a native of LA and in so many ways, it really does feel like, um, LA is a character. Your intimacy and knowledge of LA is really a part of all of this. And, and even the sense that you're trying to dispel myths or misconceptions about LA. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's definitely true. Um, I've, I mean, I've, my family lived in the, lived and still lives in the Crenshaw area. So mm. like, it's one of those places where I've been in the middle of some hairy things like uh like i i mean i was in like junior high i think when the the riots happened um and it's it's just i don't know it's weird to see it from afar now and kind of i mean afar time wise not necessarily distance wise uh so you know things like that i think about a lot especially with a lot of what's been happening lately <laughs> Yeah, that's such a good point. Uh, well, this listener writes, I started watching City of Ghosts because we were big Adventure Time fans. I love the mix of old photography, maps, ghosts, and new imagination. I'm so happy to see these important California and LA histories shared and explained for current generations who so often are not taught these histories and as so much of the physical evidence of which has disappeared. Elizabeth Ito, thank you so much for this series and thanks for coming on to talk about it with us. Thanks so much again for having me. Um, I've, I've really enjoyed talking to you about it. <laughs> Elizabeth Ito is an Emmy Award-winning animator. And as they mentioned, uh, uh, Adventure Time was one of the things that she did for Cartoon Network, as well as Welcome to My Life. The new animated Netflix series is called City of Ghosts. And we'd like to let listeners know that next month, being National Poetry Month, to celebrate, we want to showcase your poetry. So if you write poems, we're asking you to upload an audio recording that's two minutes or less of you reading your original work. Visit our Twitter or Facebook pages at KQED Forum or find us on Instagram for the link to submit your recording. We'll select a few to feature on air at the end of each Friday of every month. And also Forum is produced by Ariana Prail, who produced this segment, Blanca Torres, Grace One, Susan Britton is lead producer. Danny Britton and Katie McMurrin are engineers. Leslie Torres and Kimia Akbari are our interns. Have a great weekend. I'm Mina Kim. Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio and the Germanicos Foundation 
and the Generosity Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.